What's happening, sports fans? I'm James Poole, and this is what J&J says sports. I'm here with my man, Jason Lamb. Yep, yep. And you know we're about to get this party started. All right, guys, so it's been a couple days since we've talked to y'all, and we miss you guys. So what we're going to do is uh, we got to talk a little bit of football because the uh, they're doing a little bit of the negotiations for the collective bargaining agreement. Um, we got to talk a little bit about the Saints and Drew Brees. Um, and you know we got to touch base on uh, the NBA. So you ready, Jay? Yeah, let's do it. All right, so let's start off with uh, the boring stuff. The NFL – uh, collective bargaining agreement. Um, looks like the owners have now submitted a couple things to uh, for the collective bargaining agreement with CBA, which, you know, um, there's a lot of boring stuff, but there's a couple things that are interesting. One is that they proposed a 17-game season with two bye weeks. What do you feel about that, Jay? Um, I'm, I'm fine with that. I mean, it extends the season a little bit. Yep. Um, it also gives players more um, a second break yeah. in the middle of the season to you know. Nothing wrong with getting your favorite players healthy. Yeah, refresh, regroup. Yeah. Being I, a fan, I'm okay with it. Yeah, me too. Being a fan of the NFL, I'm absolutely fine with them getting a little bit of a break, um, having a chance to to heal up a little bit because, like, as much as I appreciate when my team beats another team, as a football fan, strictly, I want to see everybody at their best. And obviously, everybody knows I want the Ravens to win the Super Bowl, but I'm really a fan of the NFL, so I don't need the Ravens to win the Super Bowl. I just need to see great football. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So, exactly. Um, the other thing is, along with that, is that they did um, – they are trying to change the uh, playoff format, which would actually take place next season if it goes through, where uh, it will be seven teams – from each conference uh, going into the playoffs. So three wild cards. So essentially three wild cards, which really means um, at this point that the from the AFC, the Steelers uh, with Duck Hodges and the Rams would have made the playoffs this year if the format was this year. What do you think about that, Jeff? Um, I don't know if that's necessary. It's, it's uh, crazy, right? Yeah, I mean, it definitely adds a little bit. You know, but I mean, does the NFL really need to add anything to get our attention? No, but um, it's look, man. We all know it's about it's about the money. It's all about getting more games on television, right? So, yeah. I mean, that's really how I see it. I just see that they're they're trying to get as many playoff games as humanly possible. Uh, the only the main difference about the whole thing is, besides bringing in um, two extra teams, is that. Now only the number one seeds are going to get buys. Mm-hmm. So the number two seeds are going to have to play opening weekend, and depending on what they call it, you know, wild card weekend, whatever. But you know, it'll make it. It'll make it'll make the, the top tier teams definitely not because sometimes the, sometimes those teams coast a little bit. Oh yeah, absolutely, you know man. I mean? Yeah, I mean, no, you're hundred percent right. Great, more competition. You're going to have guys that are not guys that are not sitting in week yeah. seventeen. Um, well, the 49ers this year, they were the top seed, and they didn't get the opportunity to coast at all because they had, up until the last week, they had um, the uh, – there still was a chance chance for Seattle to be the number one mm. seed. There was still a chance for Green Bay, even though they were a terrible team as far as I'm concerned. They had the opportunity. But um, uh, the Ravens, they they're their the last only, game, they they cruised, man. They took off. And, yeah, they're the only team that had that yeah. opportunity this year. But yep. it's not uncommon – you know, no, not at all. Especially for the first for, two. Yeah, for the first two teams to be pretty much solidified. Yeah, you're right about that. Coast right in. But um, those are just some of the main points that are happening with the CBA this year. Obviously, there's going to be a, a lot more coming out, but those are just the ones that really could be affecting uh, playoff seating for next season. It'll be interesting to see how they would work the seeds as far as that goes. 
Um, you know, like would would it be like the number one team in the division plays the number two to see who gets the right to go, almost like a division championship? Yeah. Or is it just going to be, you know, that number seven seed playing that number two seed? I'm sure that's how it's going to roll. I'm sure it'll just, yeah, seven, two, three, six, four, five, you know, just like that. I'm sure that's the easiest format right there. Um, So another another big story coming out of of, uh, the NFL is with the Saints and Drew Brees. Um, Drew Brees decided he is coming back and giving it one more go. What do you think about that? Well, I mean, that. It's good to know now, especially for like uh, for somebody like Teddy Bridgewater, you know, mm-hmm. like he knows obviously. Okay, he's I'm gonna not, head out now, right? Yeah, I'm not playing for the Saints this right. year, so let me figure out what I'm doing. Yeah, um, it's fair, you know, it's fair for him to to decide this early too for the for the team, so the teams you know can get their stuff together and figure out how they want to do it or what moves they want to make. Yeah, no, no, the fact that he's getting it this early um, definitely says something. It's definitely a good thing for everyone involved, except for. I honestly think Drew Brees coming back for one more run might be the worst thing possible for the Saints. Yeah. In the long term. Because they can't – well, number one, they can't tell him no. You can't, right? <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, you're they essentially can't say, being, oh, no, we're going to yeah. go with uh, Teddy Bridgewater. Now, yeah. it was a little else. easy for the Green Bay Packers to kind of say no to Brett Favre. Yeah, right? Know, when you have a um, – I mean, you have some guy who you legitimately think is a stud, which everyone else wasn't too sure of. But you were 100% sure he was a stud. And, uh, I mean, I don't know. They just don't have that guy behind him. Yeah, I don't think Teddy Bridgewater is that good. Teddy Bridgewater is a good quarterback, don't get me wrong. But I don't think he's good enough to tell Drew Brees no. No, definitely not. You know what I mean? No, and the problem is, and you were talking about this before with with Hill, about him talking his way out of a job. Mm -hmm. You know, really, he, he... this might be the best thing humanly possible for him because now he can actually get into the quarterback room and figure out exactly what the hell he's doing in there. Yeah, he, he'll de- he'll definitely probably have a uh, if he goes back to the Saints, he's probably you know he's probably gonna be like the legit the legitimate backup quarterback. Right now, would um, they still use him as the Swiss Army knife? Because somebody like that is really difficult not to uh, use, especially because the man the man puts points up, though. If they're going to, they're gonna have to get a pretty decent, legit uh, third-string quarterback. They're going to have to roll with three quarterbacks this season. Yeah, because the potential of him getting injured is pretty I mean, he could still be the second string and do, you know, his gadget plays. Yeah. You know, running and catching as long as that'd be terrifying, bro. As long as they have, like, an actual guy who can come in and and has experience. You know, he don't have to be as good as Teddy Bridgewater, but he's got to have some some sort of playing experience. I mean, you think a guy like that, you want him to be carrying the clipboard and learning specifically. And it's really difficult for him to learn how to be a quarterback when he's playing the slot position. Yeah, I wouldn't – if I'm the Saints, I mean, yeah, obviously if, if Drew Brees gets hurt again or whatever, yeah, you're going to have to roll with, you know, with Taysom Hill if they end up re-signing him. Yeah. Uh, but if I'm the Saints, uh, I'm not going to bank on Drew Brees getting hurt. I'm I'm going to do whatever I got to do to win football games. Yeah. And Taysom Hill can, in his own way, help you win football games. Do you look for a quarterback in the later rounds in the draft if you are the Saints? Why 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 can't why can't actually you know what that's actually a good that's a good question because why can't the Saints draft a quarterback in the first round and keep Taysom Hill? I, I mean they would have three quarterbacks. But what is Honestly, God's honest truth, the Saints. What is their Achilles heel? What's their what's their weak spot? 
I think offensive line. I mean, you saw their offensive line crumble against uh, against the Vikings defensive line in that playoff game. Yeah, uh, all, it's weird because their offensive line really didn't look that bad the whole season. Yeah. Their offensive line actually played pretty well against the 49ers, you know, in that crazy uh, fireworks show that we yeah. had in the middle of the season. The offensive line didn't play that bad. But in the playoffs, you've seen them completely crumble they against, really did. The, against the Vikings. But as far as I'm concerned, you're not pulling anybody out of the draft that's going to help you with that next year. The draft – Possibly. The college does not – Not really in the tackle position, yeah. but you could get guards in the draft that will make an impact right away. Tackles, more than what they got on the field right tackles now. Tackles, not usually. More yeah. than, you know, more than what they got on the field I right mean, now. I mean, look at um, Marpet from the from the Buccaneers. I mean, he made an impact right away. Right. Well, we're talking one guy out of how many drafted. I mean, it's that's that's a, that's a crap sure. shoot, you know. I mean, um, what's his name on the? Uh, well, he's not even on the Redskins right now because he's a free agent. I can't remember his name. The big offensive lineman that they had over there, they just, they just drafted. Oh yeah, um, I can't remember his name, but he made a he made a not Trey Williams. Yeah, he made a pretty big impact for them right away too. I mean, you can from the guard position. There's always there always seems to be three or four guards right. come in that, that but the, as rookies make an impact. And those guys go pretty early though. But they don't have to. Early. Kyle Long. I mean, Kyle Long made it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Impact for the, I mean, so from the guard position, yes. Not from the, the tackle position takes time to develop because there's so much well, more dealing, responsibility. That's the problem, you're, man. You're dealing with crazy fast edge rushers. Yeah, you got crazy fast edge rushers. You got ridiculous stunts being thrown at you. Not include, not not to say anything about the blitzing that happens as well. Mm-hmm. Whether it's coming from the line, outside linebacker, the, the safety, or even if you're popping off on a corner blitz, yeah. which – you know, even though a couple of the safety in the corner should be uh, the responsibility of the quarterback, but um, if you have a young quarterback in there, Drew Brees isn't there, uh, you're not going to get that, you know, that time. So. Yeah, and a lot of times, too, if you're doing a quarter blitz, corner blitz, a lot of times that way outside defensive end or, or outside linebacker yeah. will take off to the corner. It's almost like a stunt. Exactly. They'll yeah. Try to, they'll try to jump that short pass for the receiver just to make sure somebody's there. Yeah, make sure it's not a quick screen or a quick slant or anything yeah. like that. Yeah, you're right. You're right about that, man. So, um, I don't know, man. I can, I could make a – he's – I don't want to say Drew Brees is holding him hostage, but it's it's almost uh, – I think Drew Brees wants to be there more than they want him. It's almost the Tom Brady effect, which is going on right now as well. Yeah, I mean, you definitely – if you're the Saints, you probably want to move on at this point. Yeah. But, but they are, like, so close to being Super Bowl – Champions. They have a good roster. So. They really do, man. I mean, it really it's it's it really is going to depend whether or not you know what what Alvin Kamara are you going to get? You know, I mean, because if, if this Saints team had the Alvin Kamara of a couple years ago, two years ago, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Who knows? The Saints could have been in the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Yeah. Getting that type of production from Alvin Kamara, they got zero production from that man. Right. Right. So. Um, that's one thing to consider, you know, what, what are you going to get from the, and, you know, and then on top of that, um, Latavius Murray, he, he's no Mark Ingram. Like he's a good running back. Don't get me wrong. I like Latavius Murray, but he's not Mark Ingram. We will see if he can replicate the success that he had this year. That's, that's, you know, and that's his own success. We're not even comparing Murray to what Ingram was able to do with, with the Saints. Or just can can he just replicate what he did last year? Yeah, that's really know, all. Yeah, season. 
that's really all they need out of him. So, all right. So that is our NFL talk for uh, for this week. Um, now we're gonna slide on over to the NBA because uh, we all know it's the thanks to LeBron James. The All Star break is a week long now, and uh, so we got to fill this space up with a little bit of something, something. So yeah. we thought what we would do is we would tackle. Um, both conferences and look at the uh, playoff seedings as they stand right now. Maybe give a little bit of our opinion of how they're going to, what's going to happen moving forward. Um, but um, what we'll do is we'll start with the Eastern Conference. So uh, you ready, Jay? Yep, yep. All right, man. So um, at no surprise, at forty-six and eight, you got the Milwaukee Bucks mm-hmm. leading the pack, which I pretty much think they're probably going to stay at that spot as far as I'm concerned. I don't see them moving much at all. Um, the surprising Toronto Raptors are number two of 40 and 15, and that's with a fifth, what they end up with a 16 game winning streak, uh, right? Yeah, yeah. And um, I mean, they, I don't know how they're doing it, man. I mean, without Kawhi Leonard last, this is last season, they went yeah. 17 and five without Kawhi Leonard last yeah. season. It's definitely a, a, a roster, bro. Like, there's no doubt in my mind yeah, about that. And, and they're doing well despite they have injuries. Yes. You know, they've had some major injuries this season, and yes. they're still the number two seed. And, you know, I do think they're going to slow down a little bit. You know, they want to they yeah. on a crazy streak right around the All-Star break, but they will slow down a little bit. Yeah, but they needed that 16-game winning streak to stay above the number three seed, Boston uh, Celtics, at 38-16. Yes. Um, I don't know what to make of Boston, man. I really don't. They got some great chemistry right Dude, now. they do, right? And, and I really think uh, – it. Kyrie was addition by subtraction mm-hmm. and uh, bringing in Kemba who has been hurt for a little bit. Um, you know, he was out right before the all-star break. Um, but Tatum, man, he's, he's unbelievable right now, man. You know? Yeah. I mean, losing Kyrie Irving and losing Terry Rozier and bringing in a whole, you know, a new point, a new starting point guard. Yeah. Hold for them. Hold front court. Right. And for them to still have, and losing Al Horford too. Yeah. For them to still have, you know, as great chemistry, that's all. That's all coaching right there. Oh, yeah. No, it's just – it was very funny how the Celtics were really good with Brad Stevens. Mm-hmm. And then Kyrie came, and all of a sudden Brad Stevens couldn't coach for shit. Right. And now – The very next season. The very next season, he's right back. And um, I just I just find it – it's more of a skating indictment on – um, Kyrie than it is on anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, w- one of the more surprising teams right now is Miami at the four seed at 35 and 19. Um, that's a team that I- I'm really surprised, but the emergence of Bam has really assisted them, and he is like a little firecracker for them. But um, I- I've said this a million times. I am a real big Jimmy Butler fan. I really am. And um, he-, he's- he is a leader as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I like Jimmy Butler. Um, unfortunately, the rest of this Heat team, they don't play defense like Jimmy does. No, no um, So, I mean, they, <laughs> their, their poor defense is going to catch up with them. And also, the the little amount of experience that they have, because they have a lot of really young players on their team. Yeah. Um, that's going to catch up with them, too. Yeah. Um, I do have them dropping a little bit. I think I have them dropping down a seed or so. Yeah, down I can one, I could see them. So. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I could probably I could legitimately see them at the sixth seed uh pretty easily because I honestly don't think that the Nets are gonna stay where they're at, but we'll come back to that here in a little bit. Um surprisingly still sticking around the five seed is uh Philadelphia at 34 and 21. Um and for as great as the chemistry is in Boston, 
it's just as bad in um, complete polar opposite. Oh my gosh, man, in Philly, um, I legitimately, I really think that um, Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid don't like each other. I think this. I think they did at first. Yeah, I think they're just wearing thin. I, yeah, I think it, it's just their styles clash so much. Oh my god, dude! It's. I try to watch Philadelphia uh, play as much as humanly possible for the exact same reason why when you drive past a, 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 an accident on the highway, you drive really slow. Mm-hmm. Because I just want to see a really bad wreck. You know, I don't want to see anybody hurt. I just want to see the cars mangled up. <laughs> and that's what I see when they play basketball. Yeah, um, I see someone who is a like the quintessential point forward, right? In in um, Ben Simmons, um, who who has zero interest in shooting the ball uh, outside of the paint, and then you have someone whose skill set in Embiid is inside the paint, and the minute that you have to pull him out of the paint to have him shoot threes, which he will, he will shoot threes. To make Ben Simmons special, you got to pull Embiid out. Well, now Embiid's not special anymore, man. He's a seven foot Steph Curry. Like, yep. how great is that? You know, so, um, you know, we've had this talk before on who should stay and who should go. But um, something's got to happen, man. Something's got to give. So, um, yeah. But surprisingly, I, mean, they're, they're, I think there's two. Yeah. I think they'll start to figure it out. I think they'll get better. I just don't mean. Playoffs, I think. I think there's too much talent on that team for them to end up in a, in a fifth or sixth seed. I think. I think they can bump up. I think there's so much talent on this team. It's overcompensating for the lack of chemistry. And I think where they're at is four, five. You know, I think that's where they wind up personally. Do you think um, that they can win a playoff series? No, I don't. You think they'll be a first round exit? Yeah, I do. I do. Um, right now, um, yeah, I, I just. It's obviously we'll go matchups and all, you know, but later on. But um, I just can't see it, man. Like I said, I watch it. It is bad to watch, man. Bad to watch. Uh, number six seed, the Indiana Pacers, uh, 32 and 23 right now. Um, they just got back my man, yeah, Oladipo. Victor Oladipo. Uh, I really like him, man. I like Oladipo, you know? too. Can, can he, he's real passionate. Here's the question. Can you win comeback player of the year twice? Like, can you yeah, win right? it? Like, is that possible? <laughs> but – uh. It might not be for him just because he kind of came back in the middle of the season. I know. It's going to be hard. Yeah, right. Um, no, I really like them. he wasn't out. And he um, wasn't out all of, like, like we usually the guys who win were out, like, the majority of the season before. He, like, he lost, they lost him in, like, in the middle yeah. of last season. And then right. he came back in the middle of this season. So it will be hard for him to win that. Yeah, but it's 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 still fun to think about, right? Yeah, yeah. But, um, no, that's it's a good team. They're They're – their road record, they're five hundred on the road, which I mean with a team like that, it's pretty that's pretty impressive. They 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 play decent defense. Um, you know, I'll be honest with you, man. The the they're giving up what is it, a hundred and nine or they, they score hundred and nine points per game. Um and only give up hundred and seven points per game. So um it's a team that I could actually see doing something in the playoffs, depending on the matchups, obviously. Yeah. Um do I think a deep run? No. But no. uh No, yeah. I I agree. Um, the the good thing though is that they still have plenty of time to. If I was the Pacers, I wouldn't really necessarily worry about my seed or where I fall as long right. as I'm in the playoffs. I would more worry about just getting my chemistry right with you know with Oladipo, Oladipo figuring out how he fits in this new 
new style offense that the Pacers are running because the Pacers have changed their style up a little bit. Yeah, you know, for uh, to to complement Sabonis' skills and also uh, Malcolm Brogdon's skills too. Yeah, which I absolutely we, we like got. They have to figure out how does Oladipo fit in to this. Yeah, um, you're right, but you know what though, he's a multi. Um, he's a player that that. You know he he'll be able to adjust. He can shoot. He can yeah. drive. He, yeah. I mean, he's a people people forget about how aggressive of a slasher Oladipo is. Yeah, you know it, it's it's funny. He he reminds me of since he's been injured recently, um, and people have just started paying attention to him. He reminds me of when um, our boys started watching basketball when Paul George was out. He was injured when he got injured on Team USA, mm-hmm. and they had no idea how good he really was. And then he keeps he makes his way back, and they're like, "This guy's ridiculous." And I kept saying, "This guy was ridiculous before this, bro." Yeah, it's the same guy. He's <laughs> yeah, So, but um, all right. And then uh, moving on to number seven, which is the Brooklyn Nets at twenty five and twenty eight, just uh, under five hundred. Um, the only thing I say about them is Kyrie is out uh, still. He's going to see a specialist for his shoulder that has held him out for twenty six games. So you mean the um, Nets are going to make the playoffs? Which, yeah. <laughs> now, this has nothing to do with the Nets, and this has nothing to do with the playoffs, but I had to bring this up when we got to this. Do you know he was voted in the vice president of the Players Union? Kung Fu Kyrie was voted in the vice president of the Players Union. Um, That's interesting. Two things. One, do you want him speaking for you as yeah. a union member? Yeah, right. Uh, two, can you imagine the things that he says in the meetings? I mean, I wish I could hear the recordings of this be a guy. Fly on the wall. Oh my god, how great would they be, man? <laughs> you know, he would be. Oh my god, he's, he has an interesting thought process. For yes, sure. he is a different like. And how early do you think these uh, the voting was? Do you think it was like seven o'clock in the morning? When NBA players aren't even in yet, and they're like, you know, he's the first name on the ballot, and they're just checking that off. Because there's no way people consciously put him in there as the vice president. <laughs> he's got a lot of friends, man. Oh, my God. He's got I can hear him he's now. Got, he's got a lot of friends. This contract, contractually speaking, contracts to me. That's just pretty much all I can see. <laughs> David speaking, good old Kung Fu Kyrie. All right, sliding into the number eight seed. Which, okay, so I see, ball, I, I see the Nets – out of the playoffs, quite frankly. Oh, do you? you I do. I see them getting out of the playoffs. I see them staying at number um, seven since Kyrie's gone. I will tell you. <laughs> yeah, right. That's probably listen. You're probably honest. Um, and then you got Orlando at uh, 24 and 31. Um, they're just a team, bro. It's just yeah. a team that sticks around. That's just better than the bottom tier teams. Yeah, I mean they are. I mean, but Jonathan Isaac's out. You know, and who knows how long he's going to be out for yeah. or when he's coming back. But even without him, he, they're better than Washington. Well, yeah. they're better than Chicago and Charlotte, Detroit, New, New York, Atlanta, and Cleveland. I can tell you yeah, that much. Definitely. But um, honestly, I could see Washington sneaking their way in there. That, um, they're the only one that's a possibility. If, yeah. if they start playing defense, yeah, people better watch out. Because yeah. the amount of points that Washington – I think they have like a top five offense in the NBA. Uh, they definitely put some points up. Uh, they do. It's 115 points a game. Yeah, that's got to be Which is, uh, it's number two, just below Milwaukee. Milwaukee at 100, 119. Yeah. Um, but the problem with it is they give up 119 points a game. Yeah, which is so. Crazy. Um, but you know we'll see their strength. The schedule coming up, uh, coming up here in the second half of the season. So. 
Um, what teams do you see moving up and down there, Jay? What do you think? Uh, I think that I think that the Celtics are going to move up and take the number two seed. Like okay. I said, not this is no knock on the Raptors. What the Raptors are doing right now is, no. is incredible. Yeah. Um, I do see the Raptors slowing down a little bit, and I see the Celtics getting a little bit better. So I can see the Celtics. And I honestly think that the the Celtics are probably the main competition for the Bucks in the playoffs, and they might be the only team that has enough talent. They have enough talent to to knock them out. But I mean, Um, Nurse Nurse is doing a heck of a job over in Toronto. So I agree because the main thing is. Let's be honest. They needed a 16-game win streak to be two games above them. Mm-hmm. So uh, I agree 100 with you, man. I just think that um, I think the Boston's going to overtake them. I can see Miami staying. You know, they're they're probably going to drop, and Philadelphia is going to stay about the exact same spot they are. Um, but I can Which see would or- make Philadelphia the number four seed now, right? Yeah. If, if the Heat drop. Yeah, I see. Um, I see. It'll. Uh, I, I think you're right. I mean, I think Philly's going to get a little bit better, but I don't think they're going to get much better. No, because they'll stay the, the same. The heat, I think yeah. the Heat's poor defense is just going to catch yeah. up with them, and they'll drop just enough to get get the Sixers as the number four. Seed. Yeah, you're right. So, all right, well, um, all right. So what we're gonna do here is we got to take a little bit of a break there, Jay. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk a little bit about the NBA All Star Game, and then we'll move right on into the Western Conference. All right. So we'll uh, we'll be right back. And we're back, sports fans. Um, we want to talk a little bit to you guys about the NBA All-Star break. Um, we're definitely going to be chit-chatting about the NBA All-Star game itself, but we wanted to just jump in a little bit on the uh, the festivities that went down Saturday night before the game. Um, the first one was the Taco Bell Skills Challenge. And I, me and James were just talking about it off-air uh, earlier, and we are talking about how it's very interesting that the the bigs of the competitions, the centers and power forwards, yeah, have been in the last few years have been outplaying the guards and shooting guards and point guards. It just shows you that uh, as the game moves away from the basket, the, the the bigs, you know, they they're absolutely killing it. But you know, remember the bigs growing up were point guards. You know that, right? You know, yeah. as they came up through the AAU circuits, as they came up when they were getting larger, they were going to get the ball. They were going to be handling the exactly. Ball. So they're used to this, and now that the game is moving away from the basket, they're just going to be even more dominant than they have been. Um, and in this this championship, uh, who took this one, Jay? It was Bam at a bio, Miami Heat. Yeah, and man, throughout the whole competition, though, it was just crazy because, like. The, how close the shots were, yeah. you know, going, like how, how close each each matchup was. Um, usually you get, you know, a lot of times you'll get somebody who's way far behind and uh, the front runner of, of that particular set, you know, he'll get probably three or four shot, shots off before the other person even shows up the three-point line. Right. Um, but it seemed like in this, this, this year's competition, it seemed like every single set or every single part of the bracket, guys were finishing right Neck and neck, man. Yeah, they're just launching threes. Just shot for shot. Right. So, I mean, uh, it was definitely way more entertaining than than it usually is this year. Uh, It was definitely fun to watch. But it was just, I mean, 
there was not one guard that made it to the final four of the competition. It yeah. was it was all in the in the semifinals was all bigs, not just a championship, but the semifinals. Yeah. So I mean I thought that was pretty crazy. But uh speaking of the guards though, I mean most of the guards were competing most of the guys competing in the three point contest were guards. Yep, that's true. Um, I mean you had uh Look like made it. The guys who made it to the um, final rounds was uh, was it Devin Booker Jr., um, Buddy Heald, and uh, there was one more. I can't remember the uh, the redhead guy from. I can never remember that dude's name, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he, he got twenty two, and then Devin Booker went right after him and got twenty six, which was pretty high. And Davis Burton's. Yeah, Burton's. That's yeah. Um, Devin Booker got 26, which was pretty high, but the contest ended with a walk-off three-pointer by Buddy Heald. Yep. You know? All you needed was 27. The man yeah. got 27 out of 40. Yep. I mean, and it was pretty, one thing that was pretty interesting, I don't remember it from last year. They could have had it last year, but I don't remember the Mountain Dew ball. Um, because it was the Mountain Dew three point contest. They right. Had, they they had an extra ball between racks. Right. Uh, two and three, and between racks three and four. Yeah, they they had it last year. Uh, Joe Harris was the champion last year. Right. Right. Um, I remember yeah. Joe Harris winning. I yeah. Didn't remember. Yeah. I didn't Brooklyn remember the, the Mountain Dew ball. Yeah. Green ball. Yeah, they had it. They had it last you year. You get extra points for that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's all by itself, which is actually pretty far back too. It's a, I think it's set like what thirty feet or I don't know. It's something crazy. Thirty two feet. Something crazy like that. Like that. Um, so that was pretty fun. I mean, that was entertaining for sure. Uh, but definitely the most entertaining event of the night was the slam dunk contest. You had um, Dwight Howard. Um, was it Conahu from the uh, Denver Nuggets? Yep. Like the white man can't jump guy. <laughs> that was too much. Man. <laughs> that, was, that was awesome play. <laughs> Costume play. That's hilarious. Um, that was really cool. Um, you had Jones Jr., Derek Jones Jr. Yep. and uh, Aaron Gordon. That's who all they competed. Who we'll probably never see again. The the first round, like I said, Connie with the um, the white man can't jump outfit. Yeah, I mean that was super. I mean the dude had hops too for sure. Yeah. He definitely had some hops, so he could definitely get up. Um, but the the. Dunk by Dwight Howard, the Superman dunk, the tribute to Kobe Bryant. Yeah. Um, I thought was really, really good. Um, and he I was, was like floating, bro. Yeah, I was kind of worried about Dwight Howard in this dunk contest yeah. just for the simple fact that he's, like, I think 34 years old. He is 34, yep. And um, and then on top of that, and he was going to do a Kobe tribute. So I was, like, <laughs> I was already worried about him to begin with. Now I'm like, oh, my gosh, I hope he doesn't embarrass himself. I know. Trying to do Which would be the most Dwight Howard thing humanly possible. It actually would fit Dwight Howard like a glove. <laughs> but he didn't. I was actually – I was actually very impressed. I was, I was. Can I say I was proud of Dwight Howard? Are you allowed to weird? say that? I don't know. If I'm You're probably the it. first person ever. To say I that. mean, it was great. The, the tribute was great. The dunk was great. I don't care that he didn't win. It doesn't matter. He didn't have to win. It doesn't matter. He he did what he set out to do. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Would Dwight Howard want to win the dunk contest? Sure. But Dwight Howard into the dunk contest. He wanted to pay tribute to Kobe Bryant. He actually had plans on uh, Kobe Bryant actually helping him in the dunk contest yeah. when the time came, he was going to use Kobe Bryant as like either holding the ball like or a prop. 
he has a prop throwing it yeah. off the backboard, giving Mally something. Um, and unfortunately, obviously, Kobe wasn't there, but so his tribute was to you know wear the twenty four on his chest, yeah, Superman twenty four. I thought I thought it was awesome. Um, it just for the tribute alone was my favorite dunk of the contest, right? But obviously, he didn't win, right. and we went into the final round between Joan Junior and Gordon, and. Boy, what a round that was. I mean, we've seen several dunks. Is that the first time the dunk counts has ever gone into overtime? Um, it's basically what it was. It was over. They had to have a dunk off. Yeah, no, they've had – I can't remember who it was, but they had co-champions before. Co um, and I think um, Dominique Wilkins and uh, – was it uh, was it Muggsy Bogues? Spud Webb. I meant Spud Webb. I'm sorry, Mike Spud Webb. Spud Webb, I think that they, was the 87 number. I think they went into overtime also because they were both on the Hawks at the time, right? Yeah. Yeah. So overtime sure sucks they... for Spud Webb because there's only he's pretty limited of what he could do. Yeah, right. So, <laughs> yeah. But I'm pretty sure they did as well. But, okay. you know, but anyway, it's I mean, another, another robbery. You've seen, some, you've seen some crazy dunks. I, yes. What Was it a – was the decision – a robbery of Aaron Gordon, 100%. Yes, it was. Yeah, probably. I think it was. However, let's not get too carried away with the perform or with the performance of Aaron Gordon so much over, you know, Derek Jones Jr.'s performance, which was absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. So here's my concern about all that. This is this is my thought process. I thought DJ probably should have won, and this is why. If you take each dunk individually as a whole, right? Um, then Aaron um, had a better contest. Yeah. All right. He had a better contest. But at the end, it was about individual dunks, you know? So it was – you're comparing the two dunks. And as far as I'm concerned, Taco put his head down, bro. He didn't go over that man, you know? As uh, far as I'm concerned, he got close enough. <laughs> close enough, you're, man. You're what, is that? I was like seven foot six. Horseshoes and hand grenades, dog. Yeah. So, I, listen, I'm I'm going I'm going with Aaron Gordon. <laughs> you know, what? I think I think probably the best dunk of the night, though, right, was was DJ's dunk. That 360 through the legs. He's the got base, that thing down packed, right? From the baseline with the with the. Uh, um, I don't know, man. I really like the windmill. Yes, that, that was, was nice awesome, too. Um, I think also, I would say my second best dunk him that three sixty through the legs where he didn't. I don't even think he alley oop it. I think he just, or did he? No, he went off the off the backboard. Off the back backboard, right? Yeah. So went off the backboard three three did a three sixty through the legs alley oop yeah. off the backboard. That was incredible. And then that then Aaron uh, Aaron Gordon's alley oop off the side of the backboard that he did that I want to say it was almost like a windmill. Right. Um or it was like a windmill mixed with a Statue of Liberty dunker. Yeah, right. You know I mean? It was really weird. Just the way it was is really weird. And I just don't think you'll see that's not something you'll see very often. The way he the way he caught the ball and you know three sixty yeah. windmill that was was pretty it was it wasn't he didn't have power in that dunk. It was all grace. Yeah, you're right. He's not a power dunker. Both but both dunks though. It's probably my two favorite. You're probably right about that. So, but um, I'll tell you what, man. Speaking of favorites, this NBA All Star Game was probably one of my favorites in a long time, man. Yeah, at least um, at least uh, 15 years. I want to say. I'm getting down with the Elam inning. 
ending. I like it. I actually really do. Um, the Can there be some tweaks? Yeah, there can. But we'll, let's go over the game. We'll see how we can tweak it here in a little bit. Um, so it looks like uh, Team LeBron beat uh, Team Giannis. Uh, 157 to 155. So, for you guys that don't know about the Elam inning, it pretty much goes like this. Um, you take the cumulative scores of the first three quarters, and the whoever's in the lead, you add 24 in memory of Kobe Bryant, and um, that's the score that you have to get to. So, there's no time limit at that point. Um, at the end of the third quarter, Team Giannis was leading Team LeBron. 133 to 124. So you had 24 to 133, you get 157. Uh, which also means in that quarter that um, that uh, Team LeBron had to score 33 before Team Giannis scored 24. Um, the first three quarters was kind of like a normal NBA game. Or, I mean, sorry, normal NBA All-Star game. You saw some dunks, not much defense. But then the fourth quarter came, and then boys started locking some stuff down. And they started calling some fouls, you know. Um, the refs started calling some fouls. Um, and in the end, I mean, Team LeBron, they took care of business. And Kawhi Leonard took home the MVP trophy, which is now the Kobe Bryant trophy. Yeah, the first ever Kobe Bryant. Yeah, which is pretty apropos. MVP trophy. It was pretty apropos because a lot of people talk about how close LeBron and um, Kobe were. But actually, Kawhi was actually closer to Kobe than um, – than LeBron was. I, I guess they worked out a ton. They lived close to each other. They worked out a lot together. And at uh, when Kawhi joined the Clippers, um, Kobe Bryant let Kawhi use his helicopter to get back and forth and his pilot. So the pilot that passed was the same pilot that Kawhi Leonard was using. So, um, but um, so it's pretty pretty fitting that he won the trophy. But uh, yeah, we can get back to the game here. Um, I mean, it, it didn't disappoint as far as I'm concerned. What do you think? No, I mean, it, the, the back and forth of this game was absolutely incredible. It's, I mean, cool. it's a, it's the best all-star game I've seen since the last one that I can remember that was ultra competitive, I think was Oh four. I want right. to say, uh, Allen Iverson, Stefan Marbury, Tim Duncan, yeah. you know, young Tim Duncan, KG, um, you know, that those were the guys who were participating in that one. So in this one, uh, I do know they were playing to the score of 157. How do you feel about the game ending on a free throw? That kind of sucks for the game for the, a game this epic to end on yeah. a free throw. Uh, but the good thing is, is if you're going to end it up, if you're going to end it at the charity stripe, what better way to end it than missing the first free yeah. throw? Awesome. <laughs> um, I think. Uh, I, you know, I don't know if I like it or not, the ending on free throw, but I wish they changed the free throw um, in the Elam ending to um, instead of standing on the outside edges of the, of, the, of the box, I wish you could do it like you're playing 21 and everybody could just be under the hoop, mm-hmm. you know? And, like, if you're one point away, I wish you could, like, tap, like in 21, you know? <laughs> like, lose five points or tapping. Yeah. But, um, I mean, there's... I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, you got to make the shot, right? It's a, yeah. You know. Yeah, I mean, you still have to make it. Yeah. And he did. I mean, he, he, did. he only had to make one out of the first – or one out of two. And, but for him to miss the first one just added so much more so drama much <laughs> for Maybe another drama. 15 seconds. I know, right? <laughs> Too funny. So, all right, well, yep, Team LeBron took home uh, the championship and uh, the All-Star game. 
And I, I really think um, that's going to be awesome moving forward. So, all right. So, uh, without further ado, we have the NBA Western Conference that we got to talk about a little bit here. Um, this is the reason why we kept this one second is as far as I'm concerned, this one going down the wire is going to be a little bit more fun. So, um, let's get started. Yep. RJ, your LA Lakers, 41 and 12. Uh, got the number one seed uh, pretty handily right now. Um, two game lead. Or no, I'm sorry, four game lead on Denver right now. So which four game lead on Denver? Mm-hmm. Um, believe it or not, I think it's actually going to be a little bit harder in the second half. Why well, I say second half? We're about two two thirds of the way through. Yeah, right. The last third of the season, I think it's going to be a little bit harder for them to hold on to that lead than it has been. Um, I think that Denver's chemistry is, you know, really really good. Right. Um, I think they're just getting better, and then the Clippers with the addition of uh, you know, Marcus Morris, we haven't really got to see him much. You know, he hasn't been able to work in work in for them much, you know, and the, and the more he, the more game time he gets, the the more he's going to get used to whatever his role is and, you know, be a good part of that team. Uh, also, the um, also the addition of looks like the addition of Reggie Jackson. Reggie right. Jackson said that's where he wants to go and play. They still have to work out a contract and a deal and all that um, because he just got bought out by the Detroit Pistons. Right. But, I mean, Reggie Jackson is uh, – Pistons fans don't like Reggie Jackson. They I know they don't. Right they hate him because he wasn't the player that they thought they were getting. Yeah. Um, but Reggie Jackson will be the player that the Clippers – They don't need him to be a star. Right. You know, he's going to be the guy that they think they're getting. Yeah. Is, um, is he much of a different player than uh, Morris, though? I think he's uh, he's he's definitely a better. I think he's a better playmaker. Right. He can facilitate the. You think he can get his own shot. He and he can he can control the second team offense is what he can do. Yeah, Morris is really Morris a, can't, no. He's a three and D guy, just hitting the ball. Just really good three and D guy. Yeah, is what he is. That's true. Um, but uh, you know, Reggie Jackson, he can he can go in there and be be the he can control. It's going to take a lot of stress off of um, Lou Williams yeah. back is what, what Ray Jackson is going to do. No, which, which is good because that man is playing right now for a championship. So uh, Lou Williams definitely is playing for a championship. All right, well, uh, all right, sliding on, we, we just talked about Denver, the number two slot, 38 and 17. Um, as long as Murray keeps playing out of his mind the way he is in Joker, there's no doubt that I can't see them being the number one or number two spot. I just think them being the number one spot is more important to them than anyone else up here, really honestly. The, uh, you talking about the Nuggets? Oh, the Nuggets trying yeah. to get that number one. Yeah, I think it's more important to them than than anything, man. Yeah, yeah. They, I feel like they really need it, but yeah. you know, with Michael Michael Porter Jr. coming back, yeah, you know, I think that you know they're going to have a good shot, and their chemistry is, like I said, it's like pretty much second to none. Yeah, it's pretty hard, especially when you got somebody like uh, Joker, who's pretty much. They just really need that third score. They got Murray, they got Joker, and Porter's supposed to be that supposed third to be that guy. And he has been when he's um, he has been when he's healthy. When Let he's, me know when that's going to happen. Right, but that's his problem. Is is obviously he missed his whole basically he missed the whole first season. Yeah, you know his rookie season. So yeah. this kind of is his rookie season. This is true. And it, it hasn't been a healthy, uh, successful endeavor for him this year either. No, not at all. All right, so uh, number three, we already talked about the LA Clippers. Um, I don't think they give uh, flying rats patootie 
where they wind up, quite frankly. Um, it's going to be the three, four seed, five seed. I don't think they care. I really don't. I think they just want to get the playoffs healthy, and they'll just – it is what it is. I'm really hoping that the Clippers get the number two seed. I should see it. it will be so much fun to have an L.A. versus L.A. Western Conference Finals. If the if the Clippers don't get that number two seed, yeah, we're gonna get the finals that we want before the finals. This is true. This is true. Um, but like I said, I think that they think the road to the um, the ring is through LA, even though they're in LA. So um, how awesome would that be having seven home games? That'd be pretty cool, right? So that'd be nice. All right. Uh, sliding on number four is uh, Utah uh, Jazz. Um, I don't know what to make of the Jazz this year, bro. I really don't, man. Um, they're unbelievable at home. They're 25 at home, but 16 and 13 on the road, which is still above 500, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I just don't know what to make of that, man. Um, they're just they're just athletic. That's, that's really what it comes and down that's to. And that's why staying in the top four seeds is going to be super important to the Jazz because yeah. they're really, to get out of the first round, they're really going to need that home court advantage, I feel. Yeah. All right. Um, sliding on to uh, number five, the Houston Rocks is thirty-four and twenty. Um, I we 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 had a nice little segment talking about them moving on to their small ball. Um, Dan Tony, um, Daryl Morey, they're in, bro. They're in. It's either going to work or they're going to fall flat on their face, man. And they kind of have to be because this is pretty much for their job. Yeah, exactly, one hundred percent. That's why they're one hundred percent in. Um, oh, the Rockets, the mighty midgets. I love it, bro. <laughs> Basketball. So, um, and we've we've beat that horse to death, so I don't want to get too too involved in in Houston. But they really had to make a change yeah. though, because they're the fourth worst shooting team since Christmas. I I like what they've done though. The they've they've uh, Westbrook has finally decided that he doesn't know how to shoot a three, and I like it. Self awareness. It's about time. It's about damn time. It took the guy eleven years. Holy mackerel, bro! <laughs> Jeez, you that's, part, that's partly why. Boy, KD left. Yep. And ruined the next team, which is the number six team on our <laughs> list, which is uh, Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, they're 33-22. and 22. Um, I got one question for you. How are they 33-22, and 22, man? Because How? people didn't realize, like, when they – because they, you know, losing Russell Westbrook. Addition by subtraction? No. 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 But, but losing Russell – because he's too good. Losing Russell Westbrook – and losing Paul George, yeah. everybody thought this team was going to crumble, right? But yeah. what people didn't realize is they got some freaking ballers off those trades. I never thought they'd be Chris a lottery Paul is still Chris Paul is still a baller. Nobody thought Chris Paul was going to do what the hell he's doing with these players, bro. Do not give me that crap. Chris Paul is still a baller, and Daniel still. Gallinari and Shea Gilligas-Alexander Dude. are both – as far as I'm concerned, they really didn't lose much when they lost Paul and Westbrook, considering what they got in return. And then on top of that, look at the absolute huge collection of first round. It's ridiculous, draft. bro. They have like the next, they have first round draft picks. They own them. they own the Clippers and the Rockets draft for like the next two or three years. It's hilarious, man. Like um, it's crazy. The Chris Paul, he is definitely Showed a little bit of resurgence. He had he was really good when when um, New Orleans was was playing in Oklahoma City when he was there before. 
Yeah. You know, during Katrina. Um, but he was playing really good then uh, for for the um, the Hornets at the time. It just looked like it looked like he didn't fit the Rockets' offense really. Almost the whole time, almost the whole time he was there, he looked like he, yeah. he just didn't fit. He's not three. He's he's a facilitator inside the paint. He's not really a guy that's gonna. Uh, the Rockets really need the the Russell Westbrook who will drive hard and kick, and that's what they need. And that's yeah. not Chris Paul. It, actually, it's a perfect trade for him because yeah. what, what the Thunder needed is because the Thunder have a pretty balanced team. They got all sorts of guys in their teams that can. They got a guy that can play in the paint with Stephen Adams. Yeah, they have a, a guy who can, uh, you know, a, a rebounding three point shooter with um, Gallinari. You know, they have a, a nice slashing point guard slash shooting guard with Shea Gilligas Alexander. Um, they have a good six man coming off the bench. You know, they have a, a very well balanced team and this team really needed a facilitator yeah which yeah. they got yeah exactly at, at the clip of 45 million dollars a year and he's not giving back one penny um number seven dallas at 33 and 22 um, mavericks yeah man I, i'm telling you um luca's been injured uh, you're just gonna have to leave the uh, you know you have to leave the wizards and just to become a full-time Mavs fan done Done. So <laughs> that wasn't hard. Done. Uh, all right, I'm in. I'm in for the win, baby. So I'm in for the win. Uh, the most concerning thing about the uh, um, the Mavericks is the simple fact that they're 15 and 14 at home, and uh, which might be good because they're the seventh seed. They're not going to be playing home too much. Yeah. So and they're 18 and eight on the road. Which 18 and eight on the road. That's what I'm saying, man. It's weird, isn't it? Weird. Yeah. That, that, dude, the splits very, are ridiculous. When I looked them up, I was, I was shocked. Yeah, they're so, uh, Once um, Porzingis, he's been killing it. And uh, once um, once Luca comes back, I think uh, the he's ship will stay be. healthy, man. I know, I know. That ankle has, has been plaguing him. You know, being a lifelong Dallas Mavericks fan that I am, I agree with you 100%. <laughs> so, all right, man. Uh, and number eight is the Memphis Grizzlies at 28 and 26. Mark um, Cuban can just buy him a new ankle. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> he needs it. Memphis, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not buying Memphis still, man. No? I, I think they're riding high on what um, what Jaws been doing, really, to be honest with you, which he has been impressive I'm, as can be. I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. I know. I, dude, I'm not saying I don't like them. I'm just telling you, I really think that Portland is gonna make a make a run. Listen, I've been drinking Portland's. I know you have, man, and I, I, I haven't. I love Portland. I haven't. And I love uh, Portland's. Uh, I've always, I've always been secretly a little bit of a Portland fan, even back in the day. Even it's hard not day, to like, be there, man. To be like, with you. you know, just just because they're just a small, super small market up there. Yeah. You know what I mean? And um, their colors. You know they have awesome colors. That's hilarious. I, I've always been I've always been a little bit uh, a little bit envious of some of the, some of the things that Portland has. So before we get done with this episode, we got to talk about New Orleans Pelicans real quick. They're twenty three and thirty two. They're sitting uh, right now in the what are they in the eleventh spot? Mm-hmm. Um, they're they have Portland, San Antonio in front of them, um, and they're five and a half games out of the eighth spot. Do you think uh, with Zion coming back, it's just a little too late for them to make a push. It is. The only way that they're going to make They have the, the easiest schedule moving forward, just let you know that. Yeah, but the only way they're going to make the playoffs is they have to be one of the best teams. And when I say one of the best, they have to be they have to play at a level that that the Lakers, the Bucks, yeah. maybe the Celtics 
They have to play at that elite I'm not level. sure they're there yet, man. Just, just to, to, to catch up. Ingram's getting there, though. They, they are. They're get, They're all getting there. They, you know, that, that team. Are we thinking they're about a year away? Yeah, I think next year. That Next year, as long as they stay healthy, I definitely can see them in the playoffs yeah. next year. And Zion needs to And not even the last Zion. seed. I can I can see them being like a, you know, a 6-7 seed. Yeah, Zion yeah. needs to change his diet then, right? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Like I said, that money he got from that sneaker deal should take half that money right and go right over to whoever LeBron's nutritionist is. Yeah. And, uh, get started Spend right away. Money there, yeah, yeah, so. get started right away. All right, so that is the Western Conference. Um, it looks like the games are starting back up on um, Thursday, uh, which should be pretty fun, Thursday the 20th. Um, first leading up is the, the Bucks and the Pistons, so that should be fun to watch, um, even though um, the Pistons have a little Let bit of changes happening question. right now. Yeah. How, how far do you think the Clippers are going to fall? The Clippers? Yeah. I mean, they're at the three seed right now. Do you think it's possible for them to fall to the fourth or fifth? So – I mean that's an interesting question. The, the the problem is yes because it means more to Utah and Houston, which are only the regular one. season does. Yeah, right. That's the problem, you know. Um, but I could all I could totally see the Clippers turning it on the last month of the season, getting playoff ready, making a playoff push, and you know being able to get into back into the three seed. It's just. The Rockets and Utah just don't have enough as far as I'm concerned, especially if if, if the Clippers ever actually get um, some continuity with their players. Right. And Conley's just been disappointing for disappointing for the for the Jazz. I really thought he was gonna be a huge addition. Yeah. Um Bo Bojan has been really good for them. Uh, or Bagdanovich, I'm sorry. Yeah, Bojan Bagdanovich. Yeah. yeah, he's been he's been shooting lights out for He's them. been killing this year actually a pretty good year for him, man, so far. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Ru- Rudy's been doing Rudy stuff. Dude, he is just the rim protector, isn't he? Yeah. I love him. I, I, I really like him. He gets he gets uh he gets a, a lot of easy buckets too, yeah, man. You know what You're I mean? Right. Because right. he's just he's so he's so long and, and he's pretty dang strong. He's basically like a better version of JaVale McGee. Yeah, you know, he's like the all star. He's like what <laughs> what Javale would Javale McGee would be if Javale McGee was an all star. Yeah, and he's he's the true uh, back to the basket center. Mm-hmm. So, all right, guys, so that's our uh, show for this week. Um, we tell you guys all the time. We really appreciate you guys. Make sure you guys hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, and on Anchor FM, leaving us voicemails, and we'll make sure we get to uh, all of your comments, questions, and concerns. And we'll talk to you guys next time. See you.